Welcome to Get Over It, the Consciousness Transforming Podcast for Exceptional 21st Century Living. We've got a great show today. Tomas Prowler is on, and he's going to be talking about his book, Queer Magic, LGBT plus spirituality and culture from around the world. And he's also going to, folks, help us have a greater understanding of what is included under the queer umbrella so that when you hear these terms, you truly know what people are talking about and you don't have a biased attitude toward it. Now, the information shared on Get Over It uses intuitive and pragmatic insight to help you shift your consciousness to break through blocks and release energy that is no longer needed. Yes, we're going to help you let go of the BS that's holding you back, but you guys know I always ask that question, are you truly ready to let go? And by the way, folks, BS is belief system. A bit about me for my new listeners, intuitive since birth. I'm a third generation intuitive with over three decades of experience supporting people to break the blocks along their path. I'm a strategist for personal and professional transformation, revealing cutting edge information that enables you to prosper and thrive. I spent 25 successful years in corporate America as an executive sales professional, and I'm the founder of Healing Visions Ministries and the Northern California Children's Education Network, a 501c3 nonprofit. I provide consultations and healings in all areas of life that heal the mind-body-spirit connection, allowing you to live your very best life. My clients tell me that I keep it real while providing them with accurate information to assist them along their journey as a spirit living a human existence. But they also say, if you really don't want to know, don't ask Monique. My background includes a doctorate in metaphysics, Reiki master teacher, ordained minister, and clinical hypnotherapist. So whether you are stressed, depressed, or possessed, I can help. To find out more about me and the services I offer, go to my website, nesmoniquechapman.com, and I invite you to like me on Facebook, follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn, and if you like this podcast, please subscribe. I'd appreciate it. My guest today, Tomas Prowler, is an award-winning Latinx author of books on multicultural magic and mysticism, including queer magic and morbid magic. Fluent in English, Spanish, French, and French, he previously served as the cultural liaison between France, the United States, and various nations of South America, which allowed him to live and work all over the Western Hemisphere, including Buenos Aires, Santiago, Chile, Tijuana, Reno, Las Vegas, and the Amazon jungle. Jungle, jungle. Hmm. And Tomas is also a licensed mortuary professional and former external relations director for the American Red Cross. He currently lives in where, Tomas? Where do you live? Los Angeles, California. Okay, love LA. And you can check him out at his website, and that is Tomas prowler.com t-o-m-a-s-p-r-o-w-e-r.com tomas prower welcome tomas good to be here good to be here hey, it's great to have you here i mean I, I was telling you before we got on here that you're so chill i absolutely love it and that tells me that you truly walk your talk and you know what you're talking about so thank you for being one of the i'm going to say a few people in spirituality who truly just walk their talk. You know, a lot of people put out advertising and they play a good game, but you're actually living the good game. So um, queer magic, what is it? Um, queer magic, the book is all about the okay. queer history and queer magic and spirituality that really has been erased from most of our history books that we know, you know, learning right. throughout what is queer culture we learn like the greeks and the ancient romans learned 
had a bit of it, and then it kind of disappeared until the Stonewall riots in the 1960s. But there's been queerness and spirituality and the magical powers that queer people have or are perceived to have and special queer spells in cultures all over the world. And this book really helps to resurrect that and bring back that erased history of the magic and the divinity of queerness and how peoples all over the world saw them. So that's what, what? That Okay, why do you think people were so in a hurry to erase this knowledge and to keep it hidden from us? Because as I was reading the book, I read a couple of things. I was like, oh, really? I mean, and I'm completely on board, but I had no idea. It's it's really the old old reasons of why any all peoples are erased, really. It's a sense of power. People want to marginalize people and put people down. And really, especially, Lord, especially nowadays still, just fear of the feminine and just this hyper-toxic masculinity that grows up because it's, it's, it's a sense of control and it's a sense of power. And if you can put down people and these people who have magical powers or these people who are different and special, if you can point out that differentness and say oh that's a bad thing then that differentness becomes ridiculed and it becomes weakened so it's all it's all just power struggles all over the world oh why is it that they feel that feminism has to be weak i don't get that we're warrior women (laughs) that's exactly the point it's because it's so strong that it is very threatening to the male ego the male Uh power i mean you know women bring life into the world women you know have a lot more say in it a lot more i think a lot more wisdom and a lot more just intuitiveness with both the earth and physical realms and they're more important i mean even a biological sense you know a a woman takes nine months to deliver a child and a guy could you know bang out many children yeah in that nine months (laughs) yeah so one woman is that much more exponentially more you know valuable to society but it's because it's so powerful that you have to put it down or you have to put it in a negative spin on it in order to raise you know the masculinity up it's that it's an old case of well we're going to tear you down to make us bigger rather than making us bigger and pointing out our own strengths for it you know just this 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 very same old thing that men have been doing since time immemorial (laughs) well yeah yes they've been doing it since time immemorial and i think that they just covered up everything else when i was reading your book um you had talked about um dial the ching um in the achievement through seemingly opposite action to create and understand who you are and you said if you I'm paraphrasing. If you look at the opposite of who you think you are, you can figure out who you truly are. Something I, along those lines. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Because a lot, a lot of us, especially when we're younger, we really try to figure out who we are. We, you know, we come to this world and we think, "Who am I? What am I destined to do? What's what's my journey? What's my goal on this, you know, life plane?" And uh-huh. really, we look through it through external means that really aren't within us or within ourselves. You know, we think. We have celebrity idols or musicians or books that we read by other people, TV shows even, and our personality becomes this amalgamation of all these other people's ideas and not really our own. And so when we really understand ourselves, we have to look at ourselves from outside of ourselves. Anyone who's tried to self-edit any of their own works 
um, knows exactly what this is because it's really yes. hard to edit yourself. It, you can't see, you have your own blinders. So you don't right. know what you just naturally assume <laughs> to be true. It's when you go to your, you go to a friend and be like, hey, what's wrong? And they'll give you the realty. They'll give you the real, okay, mm-hmm. this is what you need to be fixed on. You know, you have something in your teeth, pick it out. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of have to look outside of yourself and see, okay, I'm, I'm a man and I present myself in a masculine way out in the world. I think I do it this way and non-threateningly, but let me put myself in a very female perspective and view myself. Am I coming off as that jerk? Am I coming off mm. as you know aggressive, strong in a bad mm. way? Like, how do I really present myself? And you need to look outside yourself from other eyes in order to do it. Otherwise you're just self-blinded. Okay. Well, let's talk a minute about religion and, you know, queer magic. Um, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, religion just kills everything it puts its hands on because it's so regimented and it's so tunnel visionly sort of focused that if you don't fit into their constructs, you're an outsider. Okay, so that's just my perspective. But what I don't understand is you can go to any Catholic church, well, not any, but some Catholic churches, and you will see queer people there, and they're just you, you know, they're there with everybody else believing. And I'm like, wow, but they really don't accept you. So why are you doing that? Why are you pretending to be, or maybe not pretending, but to me, pretending to be part of something that really doesn't want to accept you? It's, I mean, that, that's that's a human psychology problem that a lot of us suffer with. And I don't say us as like just the queer community, but just us as living mm-hmm. beings. It's very hard to go out on your own and try something different than what you've always known. That takes a lot of Uh courage. That's very punk rock. So it's a lot easier to just fold in. I mean, if you've ever been in a bad relationship and you're scared to move on because it's Uh all you know, or you have bad, bad parents that abuse you and like just terrible, say you're nothing and give you no nurturing, but still you love them. And you know, Oh, my mom, I care about her, even though they're awful people. I mean, you're just, It's just safer. It's all you know, rather than to say, I'm going to strike it out on my own. I'm going to find something that works for me. I'm going to be alone and independent for a while while I do this in uncharted waters. And that scares the hell out of people. Uh It's a lot easier to just stick with what you know. And, you know, the devil, you know, is a lot friendlier and a lot easier to deal with than the devils you possibly don't know. Yeah. Or the devil within your own head, because you're thinking things that you don't control. Um, in reading your book, um, I discovered um, Pele, and I didn't have any idea about Pele's sexuality. And then also um, what the Ayatollah Khomeini did. So could you talk about those two? I know they're two different worlds, but could you talk about those two? Yes, uh, they're two very different worlds. And because it if you go back deep into every culture around the world, there is queerness. I mean, queerness has uh-huh. been a part of humanity. Uh-huh. So it's all in our mythology too. And Pele, as the in, in Hawaii, the goddess of most notably volcanoes and the eruption oh. of them, she was the hot-tempered lady. <laughs> you know, she got very angry, very upset, very jealous. You know, you know, trigger hair mm-hmm. temper. And yeah, but she loved all people. She loved women. She loved men. She loved the third gender mahu of the mm-hmm. um, cultural of Hawaii. But yeah, and there's this one story of her where she she thought that her one of her sister, the goddess, the Iaka, the goddess of the hula, was mm-hmm. after her man. 
Uh-huh. Um, but you know, she, she, but she was just paranoid about it, and she, but it wasn't really happening. And so Pele and her like hair trigger temper killed the lover of Hiiaka, who was another female in their lesbian relationship. Uh-huh. And it's through this epic journey that goes more in detail in the book, Hiiaka and Pele's lover become actual lovers in the journey to kind of calm Pele down. So it's mm-hmm. a very self-fulfilling prophecy filled with queerness, filled with adventure. But again, these are the stories that aren't told, even in modern traditional Hawaiian culture, because they're forgotten or they're in obscure books that I like research and find. But even in um, in Iran with the Ayatollah, it's, it's very interesting. Um, I'd say as a backhanded compliment, interesting, where Iran is one of the most very, very progressive nations in modern times to be uh-huh. transgender accepting, but they don't do, they don't accept transgender people, you know, as, oh, okay, we're going to help you out. We understand it's uh-huh. if you, to them, mind you, this is that world said that very, very dogmatic Islam, not all Islam, but this heavy state controlled version. Uh-huh. Um, if you believe, you know, to them, you're crazy. You're in the wrong gender. What are you thinking? You're a sinner. That is oh. bad. That is evil. Uh-huh. So to help purify you and fix your mind, we are going to give you this transgender surgery completely for free on the state dollar. This way, it cures the sinner by having the mind and the body act in tandem. So it's fascinating that despite being super conservative and super intense with um, uh-huh. the spirituality of their Islam, um, the Iranian government sponsors so many transgender reassignment surgeries for free in order to help them granted help mm-hmm. them you know fix them not be a sinner but still it's it's, a, it's fascinating how different people the mental gymnastics people play to justify things but yeah and that's just one example of things all over the world mm-hmm. it's truly amazing now on the other hand the gnostics they were completely accepting I mean, you know, it's like, hey, come on in, you know, we love you, we accept you just as you are. Are there other um, backgrounds that also accept readily as opposed to, you know, putting their thumb on you and holding you down? Um, I would say, honestly, most cultures did um, until around colonialism started happening. I know everyone like uh-huh. says colonialism for everything to where it's kind of become a buzzword. But it's true because you, Europe was in a very reconquista move, very we're going to take back Christianity when they started exploring and started landing in other places. So the colonized cultures got really heavy handed timing with that. Uh-huh. So, but every culture it's been, I know one that really stuck out in my mind was, um, that stays with me to this day, is um, up in in Rush, modern day Russia, in Siberia, there's the Chuchki tribe. Uh-huh. Um, and they have this sense of, you know, shamans with magical powers. And if you're a male shaman, then you have all the powers of the universe of masculinity. Women mm-hmm. have all the powers of femininity in the universe, but then they have non-binary shamans who are feared the most because they, if you mm-hmm. are neither male nor you're female, then you have all the magical mm-hmm. power of all the universe. You can transcend male and female and double the power. So, uh-huh. and it's fascinating because there's a lot of kids nowadays, they so desperately want to find their sub, sub, sub genre, uh-huh. what they are so they can stamp and say, I am this. And that's mm-hmm. fantastic. And if it works for you, great. But when you put yourself in the, the categorization box, 
you are simultaneously saying, I am not everything that is outside this box. And it does limit yourself in a very strong okay. way. But the chuchkis, by saying, I am everything, I am not going to put any labels on myself. Therefore, I am everything at the same time. And there's nothing out of bounds in the universe for me that I can tap into. And okay. that kind of acceptance of the mystery and acceptance of just the fluidity of not having a label is very magically powerful in their culture and really magically powerful in modern psychology if you can live your life so authentically like that in any culture. Well, how can we today, and I'm going to ask you about different terms in a moment, but how can we today live that type of lifestyle where we're not identifying he, she, male, female, but we just are whom we are? How do we present that to the world? It's, it's, it's tricky because like, like, our, like, a, like the first questions, um, there's, a, there's a duality that you have to play with society because there's how you see yourself, but there's also how others see you. Uh-huh. And those two have to be in balance in order for society to kind of function at all. And really, it's just giving people the benefit of the doubt. You know, if you want to be presented in a certain way and you, oh, excuse me, is that burp? Um, you want to be presented in a certain way you can go ahead and tell people remind people and it's very important because you should stand up for yourself and live the life you want to live but you have to understand it might take time for people to um, get used to something especially if they've known you a certain other way it may slip Uh up and just knowing that it comes from a place of I'm trying to learn and it might just take some time Uh giving that benefit of the doubt allows it to be a lot more smooth um, but if you become that very person, like gets angry immediately and starts doing things, that's not, you, no one wants to talk to that person at all. Uh-huh. They listen to them. <laughs> so you have to do it in that duality way. So be who you are, but understand that the world, and especially not everyone in the world, will accept you. And you have to be okay with that. Because there, there was a campaign, um, I think a decade or so ago, where it was, you know, it gets better campaign for a lot of queer youth. And, you know, just uh-huh. saying, anti-suicide um, campaign, you know, live life. It gets better. You'll get through these dark times. And the truth is it doesn't get better. You mm-hmm. get better as you grow yeah. into your own and you become your own person and powerful. You stand up for yourself more. You mm-hmm. become, have agency in your own life. And when you can command that life does get better. And especially if you don't care what other people think, be yourself, say who you are, do what you do. But understand that it's not going to be accepted by everyone. And knowing that, Mm -hmm. a lot gets so much easier in life. Well, I think sometimes some ethnic um, minorities might have a closer identification with that. Some don't, you know, but I think some may have a closer identification because I'm a black girl. I went to an all white school. So guess what? I was the only dark thing and, you know, 400 kids. And that can be um, quite interesting. So um, I can't imagine back then in the 50s, how it would have been if I was, you know, other than heterosexual at that time. Um, I know many kids that I grew up with who did come out, uh, they ended up killing themselves because they just couldn't take the pressure of um, family not accepting, then friends not accepting and for whatever reason, they couldn't or wouldn't go to a region where they could be accepted more. So um, it's quite interesting. But I want to change gears for a second and talk about different terms within the LGBT plus community. Because I think that people, you know, some people make jokes about LT 
LGBTQIZ, whatever, you know, right, and, and I think right. that's horrible because you're, you know, denouncing who someone's claiming to be. But talk to us how different people identify and what it means, please. Sure, I will definitely prelude this by saying it's not even fully agreed in the queer in our queer community. We fight okay. about it, so uh, it, it's okay if you it's okay if you don't know. And plus, all these all these words are changing a lot. Uh -huh. um, even even terminology used um, in the queer magic book I wrote back in like 2016, 2017. Uh -huh. um, a lot has changed since then, and it will continue to change. But in general, um, you kind of just go by other people's lead and ask them how they want to be um not categorized but the kind of verbiage you should use for them and it changes like uh -huh. you have you have the general ones you know the lgbt you have a lesbian which is a um someone who identifies as female being sexually attracted to someone who identifies as female gay uh -huh. gay means everything but generally means male male bisexual okay. means like male and female Transgender means you um, were born into one gender, but um, you identify with a different one and live your life that way. You don't have to fully transition. You, some people can go full on, get a surgery, uh -huh. um, do all the biological things to um, become more like that gender, but you don't have to. It's if you proclaim yourself as something and live yourself in that way authentically and you're honest to yourself, uh -huh. then you don't have to go through it and you can still be trans. Um, but there's a lot of other things that confuse people like um, pansexual, like what is the difference? Isn't that just bisexual anyway? You know, you like men and you like women. Um, it's a little more than that. To be pansexual okay. means you like men, you like women, but you also like everything in between. So you also like non-binary people. You like people who are, you know, ambiguous or very okay. gender fluid. So pansexual means I men women and everything else people identify with okay um, queerness is it used to be like a very naughty word it used to yes be, um, it used to be <laughs> a, a big yes. slur but uh -huh. it's become very um it's become very in vogue lately and it's i would i would it's still kind of new so i wouldn't unless you are part of the queer community i would suggest not using it Okay. Um, because, it, you know, we don't, as a queer person, you talk to, we don't know who you are. So if you say, you know, hey, queer person, we don't uh -huh. know if that's an insult. Right, exactly. We don't know if you mean that lovingly, you know, so yeah. refrain from it, but understand it means the whole umbrella of things. It's, it's okay. just every letter of the LGBTQIA on and on. But the thing uh -huh. that trips a lot of people up is the difference between um, your sexual attraction and uh -huh. your gender identity, which is uh -huh. two which are two completely different things nowadays. Your gender right. identity is how you identify with. Are you do you identify as a male? Do you identify as a female? Um, Non-binary, others, um, all of the above. So that's part of it. But also, sexual attraction is not the same because you could be a female attracted to a female lesbianism you could be a male attracted to a female you know heterosexuality uh -huh. you could be a non-binary person attracted to females and so forth and it's so the so when someone says i am this it doesn't necessarily uh -huh. mean i am also attracted to this those are two separate things um that a lot of people unfamiliar uh -huh. with the queer community get confused about so, but if uh, as a plug for this um there's a book by, I think, Misha Magdalene, um, mm -hmm. and their book is called Outside, or The Charmed Circle, 
Um, and that's how I actually learned all these terms very well. Because <laughs> again, oh, okay. we, we fight about it in the queer community of what is right and what is wrong and what is changing. Uh-huh. So that book really got me, um, really explained it very well. Okay, so thank you very much for sharing that. Um, way back when there must have been movements among the uh, queer community to, you know, advance forward to have or help people understand. And today there's definitely a resurgence of energy around that. Are there any differences or major differences that you notice when you're doing your research for queer magic? Um, in terms of how it's um, so social, yeah, you know, today it's starting to be more accepting. And though you have more terms back then, it was like accepted in some ways, but you know, other ways just swept under the rug, so to speak. Oh yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot started changing in the 1960s um, in general, mm-hmm. but it's really the violent. It all, all props to trans women of color and them taking bricks throwing them at cops and inciting a violent riot is the reason why we can be as free and open as today without that violence, without those cops being beaten by trans women, Mm -hmm. we would not have the freedoms we have today. Um, So a lot happened back at Stonewall on on a sonic repercussion levels. And because of that, we got more bold. Really, we were and I say we as like the community way back when Uh we're just Uh sick of it. And that's why trans women of color were our leaders because, you know, you could have a white male who could pass. So therefore Uh they didn't really have to fight for their rights because they could live double lives a lot easier. Uh But if you're, you know, if you are, if you're queer trans and you're black, Oh Uh my God, you know, you can't (laughs) hide you. you, you, There's nowhere you can go. You have to live authentically. It's the only way Uh you can exist. And Uh so there's nothing left but to fight back when you're in that kind of a situation. And boy, did they. So because of that bravery, we have all the voice options that we have today. And it's more and very, very jadedly. um, It's now capitalized upon. Um, Companies have found it better. um, They can make more money by helping Uh us rather Mm -hmm. than pushing us down so really is it insincere is it inauthentic absolutely yes but still you know and a lot of people i see a lot of things you know when pride season comes you know and everyone has the rainbows all the corporations throughout the Mm -hmm. rainbows you know gay people give it you know give us your money Mm -hmm. yes it's absolutely shallow but at the other hand think of the young kid on the line walking through the malls seeing all the pride flags Think of how much more inspired, even insincerely, uh-huh. just being recognized. Right. Imagine if, you know, us as older, you know, the old, elder queers uh-huh. grew up with that kind of acceptance. Even if it was insincere, just seen. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's not all bad. It's not all bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, even, even politicians, like, you know, people have to, quote unquote, evolve on their um, ideas of accepting queerness and backing queer marriage you know mm-hmm. right right when they didn't have another election to <laughs> have to win and it's well, like all i mean it's all yeah. all politics is almost insincere with it all, oh, all of it is are all of it is it. all yeah, of it so. is i mean you you look at tv and you see the commercials where there's a supposed gay couple by the, their interactions that's what you think that they are and then they're promoting something where 10 years ago that company wouldn't have gone anywhere near them Okay, they were outcast. Okay, complete outcast. Um, I shared with you 
before we went on air that my youngest son is gay and he didn't come out to me until he was 24 and he did it in a very interesting way. Now, I knew he was gay when he was born. This is the weird thing. My husband and I had the biggest argument of our lives over this kid's name. And I said, no, because I got to call him Julie. And I had nothing against you know, gay, gay people or anything. So I was like, no, but I didn't know while I was fighting so hard for that. Mm-hmm. And then at age five, I was um, helping out in the classroom, the kindergarten classroom when, when I was in town. And... Um, the teacher told everybody to draw a picture of himself and my son and two others drew pictures of themselves in skirts. So I was like, Oh, okay. So, you know, that told me. And then at 24, he had his tonsils out. And of course he wanted me there. So I'm sitting in the recovery room with him and he goes, mom, hand me my pants. So I give him his pants. He pulls out this note and he goes here. And the note said, and I still have it. I have it in a book I was reading at the time. It said, I know you know this, but I'm gay. Uh-huh. But don't but don't tell dad yet, because I don't know if he'll like me. So I went home and I had a strong you know, conversation with my husband. And I said, I don't care what you think. Okay, this is your kid. You're going to love him. You're going to tell him, you know, and my husband was on board because he has many family members in his family that were gay. But it was just really funny how he was afraid all of those years to come out. You know, and then when he did, he had to do it when he was under the influence, so to speak. Um, and I guess he was afraid of that acceptance. And, you know, and I told him, I hope you find somebody who loves you just as much as I love you in the story. But it breaks my heart that another friend of his came out to his parents and his parents disowned him. Oh, right? Get out, get out now. You know, he stayed with us for a little while. It, it was just, you know, it's amazing how people are so blinded that they won't even accept their own flesh and blood, what they've created to bring into this world. And I don't know what the cure for that is. There, I mean, I don't know either. And you know, why wiser people than I have tried to figure that out too, and to no avail yet, but it's just, mm-hmm. it's really just fear. I mean, all, all hatred is really just end up at the end of the day. It's yeah, fear. Fear. And it's uncomfortableness of it. And really, if you're open to everything, especially to love, especially, you know, quote unquote, unconditional, uh-huh. that, that, that's what it is. And you just have to love people. So there's some sort of weird unlove of the self. And really, if you it's get people to really love themselves and then they can truly love other people because you, you can't love other people if you don't love yourself. And yeah. those, those parents who don't love their children, there's something a lot deeper inside of them that they need to look at. Yeah. Well, um, RuPaul says it best. Um, and I got a paraphrase because I don't exactly remember, but if you don't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? You know, Amen. and on, on the subject of Ru, what, what are your thoughts? Because I, in my opinion, Ru has brought it to the forefront where people can at least see, even if they don't want to understand, even if they just look at it as entertainment values. What are your thoughts around that and what he's doing? Um, I, I would say that I, you know, especially living in LA, RuPaul is very calculating, very, uh-huh. very cold, very money focused. Uh-huh. With that said, uh-huh. with that said, he was an absolute trailblazer, especially in the 90s to be doing what yeah. he did so openly uh-huh. um, and just in the face of everyone. He back then, very punk rock, very against the system, take it or leave it. Uh-huh. Um, and it was great. And by using that clout to do RuPaul's Drag Race, it's gotten a lot more accepted and again i'd say the same thing for you know the corporate pride season 
is it uh-huh. insincere? Is is it all a big cash grab for Rue? Yes. Is he doing it uh-huh. out of out of you know to get his farm even bigger that he does fracking on? Yes, uh-huh. absolutely. But uh-huh. is it helping people at the end of the day? Is it promoting people? Is it inspiring new generations to again go full circle with this? Accept the femininity within, you know, these these queer boys have people on TV in, you know, suburbia Midwest see it and think, Uh oh, wow, we have these people because a lot of a lot of the issues I've seen with people is that they're they're against something unless it either happens to them or to someone Uh you know. So uh-huh. by RuPaul putting this in everyone's TV shows and you fall in love with these girls that you see, you know, trying to make it and live their dreams on that runway, uh-huh. you fall in love with them. They become a part of you in a way. And so you can't hate what you love. So he brought he brought the love in and bringing it to everyone's room. So I support it. And I think it's great. Uh-huh. Well, he has other you know agendas, but most people do. Um, our time is almost up. It's gone so quickly. What words of wisdom would you have for the general population today around acceptance and being queer or straight or whomever you profess to be? Overall, very simply, I'd say take it easy. I just generally take it easy. Take it easy on yourself. Take it easy on other people who are struggling through trying to figure out who they are and take it easy on the people who don't understand who you are. I mean, if you're so rigid and so bent on, you know, never bending, then when a strong wind comes, those trees break. But if you Uh can bend, you know, if if something goes at you and something comes at you the wrong way, if you can bend a little bit, you can survive it. Um, So don't be so hard on yourself or on others. Find your Uh journey, be accepting and keep it loose. Okay. And, and I lied. One more question. What would you say to parents who are having difficulty accepting their child? Um, I would, I would ask. <laughs> no, say what, no, say, speak your truth. Cause this is like, you know, this is truth here. This isn't, you know, let's fluff it up. I, I would say, what about yourself? Do you not like, uh-huh. because you go, oh, everything you don't like another person is because you, you, it's something inside of you. So if you're like, you know, this macho dad and you, don't want to have, you know, a sissy for a son. What is it about it? What are you afraid of your own femininity? Why haven't you uh-huh. tapped into that? Why does that scare you? Yeah. And you know, those are those are looking into the shadow self, really. And it's, you know, it's too hard for people to do that. So, but I'd ask, I would ask them, why does it bother you? It can't, oh. nothing happens in a vacuum. Why? And then once you find out that reason, why does that bother you? And then go down and down and down until you hit the root and uh-huh. face it head on and either unpluck it or <laughs> live with it. <laughs> okay. Um, and just one comment back to the politicians that we talked about being intuitive. I can look at people's energies and some of those politicians who are vehemently against gay, queer, whatever you want to say, they have tried it themselves, but they're just keeping it in the closet, so to speak. So maybe I'll do a show on exposing them one day. But <laughs> but Tomas, thank you so much for being with me today as we get over it and understand the queer magic and the world of queer. I greatly appreciate it. No, it was, it was, it was, great, it was great to be on. And again, you know, if, if anyone's you know, in the book, there's a whole lot more stories that we can get into, but queerness has always yeah. existed and it's your tribe is out there. 
Yeah, and folks, you know, get the book and read the part on Apollo. That'll be a shocker. So, um, <laughs> again, thank you for being with me today. And thank you to the audience for listening. Um, and I want you guys to remember that the most important choice that you can make is what you choose to make important. Consider making the masterful choice of understanding queer magic, abundant blessings, light, and love to all. God bless you.